This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Knicks fans, I would ask how the hell are you, but I have a feeling I know the answer, so I'm not going to do that today. Um, recording this at about 5.52 p.m., um, eight minutes away from Kevin Durant putting um, <laughs> something on, on his Instagram, which, uh, good for him, got a lot of new followers today, so... Uh, kudos for that. Uh, there will be a lot more people uh, who follow that than there will be um, <laughs> rooting for the Nets next season. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to give that little dig in there. Um, so let me start with this. I, 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 and I. If you watch my Periscope, I am not. I'm gonna try not to repeat myself too much. Um, but I, at the same time, um, just want to make sure that I get a couple points out because I think they're important. Um, and actually before I do that, I, you know, I, I, I would say up until, uh, right now in my life, probably like the most, like, um, what's the word? Not pain that I've ever felt, but like most disappointed I've ever been is when, um, I had uh, a girlfriend that I dated, I think it was after law school. And, um, actually she wasn't even my girlfriend yet. She later became my girlfriend. That's right. And I was so into her, like beyond into her. And then I went down um, to visit her for a week in Florida. And those, the five of you who knew me at that time who are listening to this podcast will know who I'm talking about. And we had like the best week, but like the, the last day went really bad. And then like literally as I, I got on the plane, she's like, yeah, you know, this is, um, this is, uh, it's not going to work. And I was in. I like, oh my God, it was the saddest sight in the world. And I like, I was like crying on the plane. I went home the next week. I was like beyond melancholy. I was like sitting in a dark room with like no music on, no TV. I had the shades drawn. It was easily the most pathetic thing um, that has ever taken place in the history of the world was me during that week. And I'm proud to say 
that one, Kevin Durant decided to go to the Knicks um, tonight. Or excuse me. See this? That's you want? Oh, ooh, goodness! You want to talk about um, what is that? A Freudian slip? Uh, when he decided to go to the Nets tonight, I, I did not become a blubbering mess. Mostly because I was in front of my wife and daughter, and even though my daughter is only um, she's going to be three in a few months. I feel like if her dad started uh, just like bawling in the middle of the, the Target parking lot, um, there would probably be a few therapy bills associated with that later on. Like I feel like that would that would find its way into her subconscious. So um, I didn't do that. But it felt – it felt the same <laughs> – as it as I felt that week um, with that girl, mostly because I was like we had had a good thing and it felt like it was going to happen, um, and then all of a sudden it it didn't for no real good reason and you're kind of you know you're left wondering why and you're asking yourself if I could have done anything differently. And then there's all your friends who all week long were texting you. And, um, they were like, uh, how's it going? And you're like, oh my God, I'm going to marry this girl. This girl's the greatest thing ever. Um, and then you got to come home and they're like, oh, how'd it go? Did, you know, where did it end up? And you just got to be like, uh, yeah, no, it didn't happen. And, um, (laughs) welcome to the internet in 2019, which I will be uh, probably staying off of a little bit. Over the next, um, oh, I don't know, a couple of uh, years. But here's the good news. The good news is I met my wife. And we've been happily married for almost five years now. Um, And I have never looked back. And uh, I certainly didn't think that it was possible that I would ever meet someone that I would, could ever make me as happy um, as that, as that girl. And uh, I met someone who, you know, makes me a hundred times as happy and and more fulfilled. And that's real life. And, you know, we're sitting here and I'm talking about sports and it's, it's so easy to sit and be like, it's just sports. It doesn't matter. But if you're listening to this and you've been listening to me all year, that's bullshit. And we know it's bullshit because I don't know what it is about sports Um, And specifically the teams that we live and die with. Um, Some people have more than one. I just have one. (sighs) And there's just something about them that gets at you at your core. And it, when it goes great, it's a feeling of elation, the likes of which um, you never thought was possible. And when it doesn't go great, like tonight, Um, it is like, you know, kind of the worst feeling in the world, or it feels like it's the worst feeling in the world, which leads me to how should we feel about this? And I, I mean, listen, there's going to be a lot of Knicks fans. I, the way I feel like it is there's going to be basically three camps of Knicks fans, Knicks fans who immediately turn on Dolan and be like, um, the world is uh, always going to suck, and this team's always going to suck until he sells the team. And I'll, I'll get to that camp in a bit. Um, but the first camp of people, I think, will try to rationalize this 
and they will try to take it out on KD partially and also act like it's great because who wanted a guy coming off a torn Achilles to to play um, – you know, to pay – who wants to pay that guy, you know, whatever the hell Durant is going to be making for the next four years? And I get that. And there will be some people out there who absolutely believe that it is for the best that he did not sign his contract for the Knicks. Uh, Shwini Poo uh, with Posting and Toasting wrote a great article about it. And I fully believe that he believes that it is in the best interest of the Knicks that Durant's not coming. That being said, I, first of all, can't sit here and be like, oh, this is great. We avoided that disaster because I wanted him and I fully believe he's going to make a recovery and I think he's going to be a top six, seven-ish player in the NBA again when he comes back. But even if he's only top 10 or even like top 15, which I think is probably a worst case scenario, um, you're talking about someone who, if he chose the team, it would have been a validation And it would have been a validation not only maybe of some of the players on the roster, but more importantly, would have validated everything that we've been told for the last year, Um, which is that um, Scott Perry and Steve Mills and David Fisdale were at the helm of something that players wanted to come to. Um, And this takes at least some of the steam out of that argument. And so I can't sit here and be like, everything is fine because the fact of the matter is it's not because they really wanted to have this be a place where regardless of if, you know, um, you're a player that was counting on, you know, having people line up to play with you um, and then you tear your Achilles Um, regardless of that, would still be a place that you want to come. But the fact of the matter is Durant did tear his Achilles. And, you know, this is the second camp of people, which is the camp that I'm in, which is like, all right, you know what? Um, Could this summer – well, I'm not going to say could it have gone more wrong because there's ways it could go much more wrong depending on on what they do with the rest of this or with all of this cap space – um, as we're just finding out, no surprise here, as reported by Mark Stein, um, KP and the Mavericks have reached an agreement on a new five-year contract. Also, um, it's apparently now a long shot that the Knicks are going to get um, a meeting with Kawhi Leonard. I, I, that's not a surprise at all to me. That always felt like something like if KD signed here, then they'd get a meeting with Kawhi and some real consideration. Um, anyway. So back to what I was saying, um, I I think I think the injury absolutely changed everything. Um, obviously, when the Knicks made their bet with the KP trade, which is a trade that I would one hundred percent do again um, for reasons I've talked about. I don't want to go in depth, but in short, um, you know. If everybody is turning around today and saying the reason that Kevin Durant um, did not sign with the Knicks, and I imagine the the storyline, the narrative, and this is this will get to the third camp of people, the narrative will be, oh, it's because the culture sucks and it will always suck. Well, you know what? If that's your philosophy, 
then you can't then turn around and say that the way to make that culture better or the way to stabilize that culture was to try to bully a guy who made quite clear he had no intention of being a part of the team um, into staying when he had no desire to. Um, and the reasons why he soured on the team to begin with, I mean, who the hell knows, but clearly they went back to Phil Jackson, which is before Scott Perry arrived here. Um, so that's in short why I will go to the death defending the KP trade. And and if you're going to sit here and say to me, well, they were foolish to, to trade him for cap space. They should have gotten whatever they can in terms of assets. Well, they tried to get assets. They made calls about Mitchell. They made calls about Fox. Those teams said no. So at that point, you're looking at, all right, well, am I going to you know, uh, go for like a B or a C level young guy that maybe someday might make an all-star team? Or do I listen to what um, literally every other media um, person is saying or um, prophesizing, which is that uh, Durant will want to come to the Knicks possibly in the offseason and he will want to bring someone else with him, which again, those things that he wanted to come to New York turned out to be 100% true. The thing that apparently changed um, is that uh, for whatever reason, uh, Kawhi Leonard, or excuse me, Kerry Irving decided that he wanted to go to the Nets. And I don't know why that is. Um, I don't know that we will ever know why that is. I'm sure we'll find out some snippets of it. I know Kyrie already, you know, there was a leak that he wanted to come to a more ready-made team, a team closer to winning. And there's no question about it. The Nets... um, put together a, a, a everything this year in a beautiful way, you know, which is why I've said on this podcast for months, literally for months, that it wouldn't shock me if he, if KD went to the Nets. Um, because if you're talking about a guy who just wanted to live in New York and just, and wanted to be in the best basketball situation, well, you know what? I have all the hope in the world for our young guys, but if, if you're looking for, to make the safer decision and the more, instantaneous decision, right? About like, who can help me win next year, the year after the year after that, the year after that? Well, this Knicks core is probably three, four, five years away. Um, So, you know, the reasoning that everybody always gave, well, he's not going to go to the Nets. Nobody cares about the Nets. Everybody cares about the Knicks. Well, I always said the same thing. Why should I believe that Kevin Durant is going to care what we think about, what we care about? He's made to me in comments over the years quite clear that the idea of legacy and his place on the basketball totem pole all time, whether he ends up 6th or 10th or 12th or 15th or 18th in people's minds doesn't really matter to him. And I think we want that to matter to our athletes. And I think maybe it matters to some athletes. It didn't matter to him. So the fact is, what are we left with? We're left with, well, why would he want to go to a team that doesn't matter in his own city? Well, they'll matter now. They'll matter more. They'll never matter as much as the Knicks. Um, But again, who's to say he cares about that? This guy makes more money off the court than God, and that's going to continue whether he's playing with the Nets or the Knicks. Um, And, you know, these are superstars. NBA superstars clearly have a certain amount of ego. He, I don't think, thinks it makes one bit of difference whether he plays for the team that wears the Brooklyn jerseys in New York or the team that wears the New York jerseys in New York. So 
No, this isn't a shock to me. And I get it. It makes sense. Um, and yeah, I mean, but as far as why Kyrie decided to go there, maybe it's because he, you know, felt the same thing. The Nets are a little bit closer to winning now. Um, you know, maybe, I mean, look, we, we can't deny the fact that they have a, a slightly longer track record. I got a lot of people mad at me like a week or two ago saying that at this point, you know, Marks had the higher GM reputation than Perry. We love every move Perry's made, but the fact of the matter is everybody around the NBA kisses Mark's ass, and that's a reality, and he's made some really nice moves, and he put put together a team last year that won 42 games and made the playoffs. So you know what? Um, give the guy credit where it's due. Um, he did a nice job putting the team together. Was there any way, shape, or form for the Knicks to put together that kind of competitive team last season? Absolutely not. Which is why if you're sitting here and you're like, man, I wish the Knicks could have done more to make this happen. I wish maybe they could have been the team last year that won 30 or 35 or 40 games. Well, you know what? How would you have liked that to happen? Um, I don't know how it was going to happen because they were capped out and they had an $8 million exception to spend. And they spent part of that to sign Mitch, Mitch, uh, Mitchell Robinson to arguably the best contract in the NBA, and they spent the rest of it taking a shot on Mario Hazonia. There wasn't going to be anybody else who was going to come along with that money and, you know, be a guy who was going to elevate them 12 or 15 or 20 wins. And, I mean, you could rag on David Fisdale all you want. If you thought that there was another coach that was going to come in here last year and elevate that team to a playoff contender, I mean, um, might not be the right time to make this joke, but I have a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you because it's, it's just not reality. So, you know, was there anything else they could have done? Well, that leads us to the last camp of people. As I take a sip of my wine, um, I, I wanted to make wine my drink of choice tonight, by the way, because the nice thing about wine is everything could be going to shit around you. And wine still, you know, you could stay classy with with um, a little bit of wine. Um, well, uh, we just have something from Ian Bagley. Let's see here. Uh, <laughs> it's easier to find street parking in Manhattan than it is to find an NBA executive player or coach who doesn't think Durant is going to sign with the Knicks. Oh, this is something for from earlier in the year. Um, for all those people who were like, hey, the Knicks were um, crazy for, for trading KP. But again, we've, we've done that already. Um, so yeah, the last thing I want to talk about, and we're before we get to our uh, esteemed guests for the evening, we'll have a couple guests um, who hopefully will uh, up the, the joy level of this, this podcast, um, is the camp of people who will basically say, this is proof that this team um, will never, ever, ever win as long as James Dolan owns it. And we already saw a tweet from Mark Stein earlier tonight. And, and Mark Stein's a great reporter. I'm not, I'm not disparaging what he said, but he basically was like, it's time for Dolan to basically look in the mirror um, and say, you know, and ask himself what kind of a brand you know, the Knicks are. And while I 110% agree 
that this should be a wake-up call to Dolan to change the way he approaches, you know, ownership in terms of the media, in terms of the, you know, kicking out fans. Um, Like, this is silly shit like that. He does need to change it. And for the simple reason that we live in a culture today where the media has more power, arguably, than ever before in our country's history. And it matters, I think, less whether or not players are actually bothered by the fact that Dolan has like a grudge with the Daily News and does silly shit um, than they are by the fact that the media says so. And I'm not saying all media, but certain media. So, yeah, a thousand percent. He like, stop, just stop with the nonsense. It's not helping anybody. I wrote this after the Daily News thing happened a week ago or whatever it was. Um, it's not helping anybody. And the fact is, the longer this stuff goes on, the more that media outlets will basically, every time something happens, point the finger at him and say, see you, you're the reason why your team is never going to win. That's always going to happen. But do I for one second believe that Kevin Durant made this decision because James Dolan and not um, – I don't want to mispronounce his name, but the guy with the Chinese business interests who now owns the majority uh, stake in the Nets. Do I think he made this decision because of who owns the team? No, I don't think he made this decision because of who owns the team at all. Do I think maybe he made the decision in part because how Dolan is portrayed? And again, I'm not saying that that portrayal – is necessarily unfair, but I, I the fact is I think that had a lot more to do with this, if anything, than um, than their fears about you know him per se. So that's my stance on the thing. You know, I guess the only other thing I'll say on that front is that the one thing that I disagree vehemently with the way Mark Stein put that tweet. And I'm not, I'm just calling saying him because he had the first one. I'm sure that there's been a hundred other tweets to, to this effect um, since I've been starting to record this podcast, but just the idea that like the Knicks brand isn't strong. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, but if you think the Knicks brand isn't strong, you're not paying attention to the people that actually make brands strong. And that's uh, – I don't I don't mean to, to give ourselves more credit than we're due, but that's us. And I say us, I mean fans. Um, there is no more passionate fan base. There is no more patient fan base. There is no more um, – there is no fan base that is more yearning to – wrap their arms around you know whoever it is that eventually wants to take on the responsibility because yes part of this did have a little bit to do with the fact that Durant did not want to come here and take on that responsibility by himself and I don't blame him for that that's fine that's his prerogative but whoever does it whoever does care about it 
And as I said, I never believed Kevin Durant really did care about it. But at some point, somebody will care about it. And whoever that person is that does care about will be embraced by this city in a way that no athlete on the planet could possibly fathom other than Joe Namath, Derek Jeter, Reggie Jackson, Lawrence Taylor. Guys that are all-time greats in their respective sports, but that whose profile within their own, um, you know, within their own particular sport and within their their own the, the way they're looked at was raised so so much higher by the fact that they did it in New York. And I know the Nets play in New York, but. And again, I, I don't want to disparage the Nets. This isn't about disparaging the Nets. But listen, I work down the block from the Barclays Center. I literally get out of Atlantic Terminal and go back into Atlantic Terminal every day. 7.30 in the morning, I go out. I come out of there and I go back into it, depending on the day, at you know uh, 2.30 or 3.30 or 4 o'clock. Then, other than on nights that there are Nets games, the next – Nets jersey I see in Brooklyn, in the and literally in the shadow of the of the Barclays Center, will be the first one. And if they win it all, and listen, they have a great chance to win it all in two years or three years, a phenomenal chance. Is it going to be the same as if and when that happens with the Knicks and whoever it is that leads the Knicks to that promised land? No, and anyone. Any media person, any whoever that says that that's not the case, they're sticking their head in the sand. And that, to me, means that the Knicks brand is perfectly strong. Is it as strong as it could be? No. And yes, Dolan needs to clean some stuff up to make sure that that happens. And that's on him. And I do want to hold his feet to the fire and hold him accountable for that. But to say that you know, to say that the Knicks brand isn't strong, it's like, I mean, come on, man. It's just not true. All right. So if this were um, uh, a Mike Francesa opening monologue, I have uh, gone about five minutes past my allotted time. Um, and, and given that Mike Francesa, and I know he's kind of fallen off cliff um, of, of years late, but given that he is one of my idols in the sporting world, um, I, I am – I remember the most impassioned he ever was on the beginning of his radio program. The day that uh, uh, Buck Showalter got fired from the Yankees, he went and he extended, I think, well past 25 minutes. So um, if there was ever a moment where I think I am entitled to um, a little bit longer of a stage, um, I I think it, it is probably tonight. So with that, um, I'm going to hit pause and we are going to be back, uh, with the first one of our surprise guests. Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, this is working as well as the uh, next front office today, I guess. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, I'm not, I'm not even going to bother with an official intro. Um, I, <laughs> David Futternick, um, can I just introduce you as famous actor, David Futternick? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be like introducing Kevin Durant as famous Nick Kevin Durant. But yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
this is all going on the pod, but I'm not, I'm not editing this. This is perfect, okay. Perfect. So here with us today, famous actor David Futternick. David, fuck me. Yeah, fuck all of us. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I could like for the. I forget when I came on the pod. It was like maybe in February or March, and Some you brought up you brought up this happening, and I talked you out of it. And did I actually? Oh my Christ! Yes, I did. Because oh I was like, God. no way, no way he would go there. There's no culture. It would be like the big herb move. You know, no pressure. He gets to live in New York and not have the pressure of trying to like bring the actual city's franchise back to prominence and he did it I, it's funny i just recorded like a, a francesa style opening monologue to intro this podcast and that was that oh was, just a, a bunch, <laughs> of, bunch of screaming and that was yes that was it and uh one of the main points was was that that um you know, someday somebody's going to want to come and shoulder the responsibility of saving the Knicks, but uh, evidently it is not Kevin Durant. Um, it was funny when I conceived of this idea to like have a call a couple different people tonight. It was, I expected it to be like seeing the lower level free agent signings trickle in and like right, anti- right. and anticipating or maybe, you know, maybe celebrating, even though, as I've said for months, I thought I didn't think it was a done deal. And I thought Brooklyn was was very real. Apparently, I said this back in January. I don't even remember. Um, and now we're here. Um, I don't want to call it a funeral because it's it's like I, I how do you feel like honestly, I, how do you feel? I, to be honest, I was like more depressed on the Przingis trade day than I am now. Maybe, maybe because that that seemed to come more out of left field. But um, I still think. Look, I have been talking for months that I do not like Kyrie. I think he's a head case. I, I we forget that his knees are an issue, for, especially for somebody his age. And look what he did to a franchise that is supposed to have like this great culture, this great head coach. And I, I honestly, I, I'm now I'm hoping it will happen, but I, I just foresee that this might end very badly for Brooklyn. It could, and I've been like, it's weird. I've been careful because I, I, <laughs> I'm not particularly intelligent or um like oh that's not true it really trust me dude i i talk a good game i am dumber than uh, a bag of hair um you know or eloquent or any of those things but the one thing i do have is is like i feel like i have credibility in that people know that i'm not i'm not gonna bullshit them and that's why like Mm -hmm. one of like my themes if you want to call it of tonight is like i'm not gonna sit here and, and be like oh thank god we avoided that possible headache like yeah is there a possibility that it turns out horribly for brooklyn 100 percent. like Kyrie yeah. <laughs> torched the locker room within a few months um and yeah that's a it's in the cards but just god i mean i i compared it to when a girl you like says no and, and actually now that i'm talking to you and i don't know why this came to mind as i'm talking to you um but it, it just did I I, told, I I remind you of heartbreak or you no you remind me of the dumpster fire of the no I'm kidding but um <laughs> th- so I told a story about a girl that I liked and she like turned me down and I was like heartbroken for a week and I made the comparison to the situation um mm-hmm. in in my Francesa opening monologue 
but and the thing I didn't say that was actually it didn't hit me at the time. The girl ended up being a complete dumpster fire. Um, and I apologize to said girl if you're listening to this. Although I guess you probably won't think it's you. Um, oh, well, don't apologize. She's the one that turned her life into a dumpster fire. That's not your problem. You know what? You don't, really have, to, you don't have to apologize for for her shortcomings. You know what? Stay on fire wherever you are, girl. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say your name. Um, Stay but, in the dump. <laughs> but like, I didn't even think of that. And maybe that's, um, maybe I should take that analogy a little further. And yeah, sure. Maybe it does turn out bad. But like, we wanted, we wanted this. And I, I, yeah. I, I, I can't, I, I just can't get around that fact. To be honest, the most heartbreaking thing to me um, is that Kemba Walker, who I, I, said before that i'm a uconn fan I, and kemba is probably one of my two favorite uconn players ever besides uh you know him and uh and ray allen the fact that he's going to boston that hurts way more to me right now than not getting katie and Kyrie because of katie's injury if if, if katie was healthy and this happened today i would have been so much more upset so oh my god more. if oh if that happened forget i yeah I don't even know because then because well let's talk about this for a half a second I don't want to keep you on for too yeah. long but um it like we keep hearing um that the injury changed everything and right. I guess the reason and I, I know I'm supposed to be the one making the pro Nick points but like the reason that doesn't completely add up is because the Kyrie to Brooklyn rumors started before the injury happened. So right. it's like something changed in Kyrie's mind, but I do still think the injury matters a lot because one has to figure if he wanted to come here, he would have had a line of people like waiting to join him. And that line, which may have included Kemba, who I suspect the Knicks really wanted Kemba over Kyrie all along, that right. line dissipated the second he tore his Achilles because no one else was about to be like, yeah, sure, I'll come and play with these kids for a year, right? Right, right. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's – Fuck. I have look. Uh, it's t- today is hard because the team across town gets all the good headlines. We get all the usual hacky LL Knicks bullshit. But there are things to be happy about. We have yet to see what players they do end up signing with the mountains of money they have right now. And let's and, hope that. And by they the way, do that intelligently. There, the room. Like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to. Fi- I've been recording. Like I said, I recorded a little the rant, and I've been like uh, talking to you. But I've been like looking at some of the some of the deals on uh, through the through Twitter.com. There is some yes. money being thrown around, my friend. Oh yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. Continue. Uh, yeah. So look. <laughs> oh my God! Are... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Malcolm Brogdon, four oh, years Indiana. Indiana. Eighty-five. Million dollars. That's so much money. How many roles would you need to get? Because you're like the quirky, (laughs) funny, supporting character guy who, like, oh, you're you're that guy. Like we talked about last time, you're that guy. How many that guy roles would you need to get to make eighty five million dollars after SAG fees and all that shit? Right, right. Oh, I would need um, multiple lifetimes. Not in this, not in this one alone. I would, I would need, you know, I would need nine lives. Uh, uh, that's God. insane. That is insanity. So listen, I mean, look, I could get a tweet hey, you know, right after are, we hang are, up, and and it says Julius Randle to the Knicks for four years, a hundred million, and then we could all light ourselves on fire. But for the moment, we should be happy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway. Look, uh, 
they have the money to do things like take on crappy expiring contracts for assets and invest in the youth. Frank is still here. Hey, hey, they they (laughs) didn't want him, but they couldn't find a deal that, uh, you know, they were happy with obviously on draft night. So he's like the, he's like the cat in, um, Oh, he's like the cat in uh, fucking the funniest movie of all time. National Lapoon's Christmas vacation. Oh yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Only much, uh, only more jacked. <laughs> I don't know if he shoots any better than the, the, and that's me. Uh, Frank, you know, yeah, yeah. if you're listening, no one loves you more than me. Okay. Uh, no yeah, one. yeah. Yeah. Two Frank stands here. Yes. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing my best to focus on the good stuff. I obviously it, look, if Kevin Durant had gone to the Clippers, that would have been a lot easier to swallow, but yeah, this is like this. This the only thing that would have been worse is uh, is if this happened today and Kevin Durant was perfectly healthy. That that would have been far far worse because um, then automatically that's like a contender, and that that would have been really brutal. Yeah, but look, they're doing all the right things. Dolan Stone's the team. We got to get over that. Like. He's well, not let, going anywhere. Can we finish I mean, with, with Dolan? Like, sure. Um, I think it's so overblown. Like, yeah, he went on Michael K. Things were different. I don't then. even care uh, about like, that appearance. But everybody, gra- like, everybody has to grasp at any little Dolan nugget that they can because it's it's the easiest thing to point to. We don't know what happened behind closed doors, and neither do a lot of these other writers. But it's so easy. It's so easy to just say Dolan, Dolan, Dolan. The fact that I saw Dolan was trending on Twitter, like as soon as this all went down, it's like, it's just, it's they want to point to to something, and he's the easiest punching bag. And 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 listen, I, I just want to make it clear, and I said this on what I opened with. No one's saying that he isn't petty and childish and like all, all of the things that like we don't have to go through them. Like, like the, yeah, no, no. no. No, he's all of the things. He's all of, of the things. Yeah, nobody's saying he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not saying that. But, like, it's it's so tough because, like, I respect the media and I value the media. And I know you do, too, because you're, like, not one of these crazy Knicks fans who's, like, you know, I, I, you know what I mean. I don't, I don't need to go too far down that road. But like, No, I, no, no. And, and even I'm, some of these people that have, like, that have been blackballed by the team, like, and yeah, I, I think that they may have been able to handle the situation a little better. Of course, but I, I I respect Howard Beck. I respect Stephen Bondi. So, like, these like I, I like these guys, and it's got to hurt for Bondi to be blackballed and stuff. You and, know, like, and if I was a media member, I'd probably come out and be like, "The Knicks are never winning anything under Dolan," and just the same as they are today. Because yeah, I, like like. Yeah. Yeah, Bo- like Bondi tweeted right afterwards, like, at least the Knicks still have Chris Epps for Zingas. Like, hey, you don't have to go there, man. Like, oh, you don't have stupid. to do that. You know, like, not not necessary. But I still, like, those guys do a really good job covering the team for the most part. I respect the jobs that they do. And, and it's not easy to cover a team that is in such dire straits all the time. Yeah, no, totally. But, um, yeah, no, I, I listen, it, I think you said it well. But, but it can be done. Like your Ian Begley's, your Chris Eisman's, you know, your Berman's, they don't go down that road. And, so, can, I, yeah. and can I just say, by the way, Eisman and uh, hopefully you're, you're going to Vegas, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're here. I'm, I'm, Chris doesn't know I'm doing this, but I'm booking it. Uh, beers for me, you, Eisman. Um, let's get out of sight. I think he is he coming to Vegas too. I'm trying to get him to get him uh, there. Come on, you have he's a fa- you know he's got a, he's a family man as you can as you can relate to. But uh, I, it sounds like he's leaning towards coming. Okay, yeah, yeah. good. Um, we're we're all getting beers, but like Eisman's a guy. Like he doesn't he doesn't have some great inside info from the Knicks, right? He yeah. still treats them, you know, fairly and and like you know, it's like he calls it like it is, and it's possible. And Begs, obviously, we both love Begs. He he does the same mm-hmm. thing. Ugh, fucking a. Anyway, that was the media the media hour. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was the media hour of the program. Um, man. All right. Well. Um, hey, David, this helped. This helped. It was good talking. It's good to talk about it. You know. Well, I needed this. I needed yeah, this. I hope we you, all did. Do. You need this too. Oh yeah. Okay. For sure. Good. Um, I'm happy. Yeah. In, be- in-, in between all the texts I'm getting from my non Knicks friends, uh, you know, just ripping into me. So. Oh my god. Yeah. I I have I need yet to talk. To, need to talk. I, I have yet to go into my DMs or my my texts for for that matter. Um, I'm halfway into this bottle of Chardonnay because we, we, we keep it classy here. Oh, man. I'm ja- I have to play tonight, so I unfortunately I can't have a beverage until later. Well, uh, you know what? Kudos to you <laughs> for still trudging onward, um, <laughs> fighting <laughs> fighting the good fight. Um, David Futternick, you are absolutely the best. Um, I really uh, appreciate you. Are. you. No, seriously. You, 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 you. If we could do that whole speech um, from Goodfellas, that would be great. But anyway, <laughs> um, you're the man, dude. Hi, Thank brother. You. Well, hey, you're the man, and uh, yeah, always good talking. And uh, I'll see you next week in Vegas. Well, so- uh, hey, brother, this is our finals. <laughs> Come on, summer league championship or bust, baby. That's Here right. we go. That's right. Oh, God. All right. Listen, good luck tonight. Enjoy your evening. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you next week. All right? All right. You too, brother. Later, bro. Peace. All right. Joining us on the hotline. Um, I don't know how hot it is. It's, it's pretty <laughs> fucking cold. <laughs> Oh my god. I can't even I can't even introduce you properly. Um is Robert Silverman, um one of uh and I don't just say this because you're willing to come on this podcast, one of the finest reporters out there that we have um working in the industry today. Um he also happens to be a fan of the team that Kevin Durant is apparently not a fan of. <laughs> it would seem the New York Knicks. Um, Robert, how are you doing today? I'm great. It's awesome. <laughs> I, I'm, I, so I'm laughing not because like, I, you know, all is wonderful. I just, I can't, what else, you know, I don't know. What else is it? It's fine. It's, look, it's fine. It's really fine. I, I, it's fine. Dot meme. It, it's like, <laughs> this is fine. Look, it's, um, at some point, you know, the weird thing is, uh, and, and, you know, it, it, we were all set up for a very exciting summer of Durant and Kyrie. And to see them say, like, actually, no, we're going to play with a team that's in another borough. But that's <laughs> so I hope that doesn't make you mad. It's I understand it's disheartening. It's disappointing for Knicks fans right now. 
With a facade, it, with a facade that is, uh, it has grass on the building and it is literally rust. That is the theme of the outside of the building. It is rust. Don't. I'm not going to sit here and let you insult Frank Gehry, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I like the design of the building. I right. just, I don't, I don't love the rust. Anyway, the, I'm sorry. It's on. It's, it's purposely distressed to give a sense of timelessness. Look, I'm not here to talk about architecture. <laughs> We're not here to talk about the past. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, that's a clown architecture question, bro. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Look, the, the, the reason those guys signed with the Nets is because they're in a position where there's an actual team. And, you know, for all the talk about a culture, good team. Yeah. it's a good team. Yeah. It's a good up-and-coming team, and there is an organizational culture that they can clearly feel like they can slot into. Yeah. Uh, I think – you know, there is a massive potential for the Nets for this all to go absolutely sideways. Yes. Considering Kyrie Irving has worn out the welcome of every locker room he's ever been in in the NBA. And no one has any idea how Kevin Durant's recovery is going to go. Um, it, You know, as with any situation, it's not a lockdown guarantee like New Brooklyn Nets 2021 champs. But... And this is something, you know, years ago when I was writing for a, a, a plucky site called knickerblogger.net and, and uh, Nick's blogs. Yes. Nick's writing late night Nick's gamers for fun and rando 3,000 word recaps. Um, I love it. I wrote something in 2000, the, I would say like early 2009, right as the whole, you know, everyone was gearing up for, for the summer of LeBron in 2010. And I wrote something that was partially tongue in cheek and partially true, which is that I didn't want LeBron on the Knicks. And it was it was a, sort of a long-winded diatribe, as as one might expect from someone writing long. As, <laughs> I was about to say, for, did, from you, it, it's it's a little par for the course. For me, it's par for the course. And also in 2009, that shows what the wacky kids were doing. You, you, you sat down and you dropped some shit into a, into a WordPress <laughs> account and suddenly people read it. But um, I said it, it just didn't feel right. It, it would feel like skipping, you know – like that LeBron wasn't a Nick. He didn't feel like a Nick. He was too good at basketball. He he was in the middle of his prime. None of that felt like the appropriate thing for the Knicks to do. On the other hand, signing a possibly washed Kevin Durant for 40 million a year really felt like quite the Knicks move. That felt, that's, that was the one thing that I was fairly confident about. Oh, there were going to be LOL Knicks takes uh, either, either way. Yeah. But it's okay. Look, the, the the point that I was making is the Nets were in a position where a free agent could say, yeah, I could be the missing piece to that being a contending team. The Knicks aren't there yet. I mean, the, the, when free agents signed, there was a, a stat that dropped earlier today on Twitter.com about how when free agents switch teams – 90 like the vast majority of the time they do it to a team that was in the playoffs last year and at, you know and seemed to be on the upswing like the only time that that happened where a major free agent joined a team that was just in the in the NBA's outhouse was when LeBron went back to Cleveland and of course that was a very different situation because he was going back to his freaking hometown so Honestly, this is sort of the expected outcome, and now the Knicks have to just do the work, and yeah. they have to, you the know, hard work. It's it's the tough part. Yeah, right. I mean, the, keep drafting well, develop those guys, make smart hires, do all of that. You know, 
I'm Rick sorry, I have, I have a bit of uh, breaking news. I don't want to interrupt you. Kevin Knox, um, it has just been reported, is still uh, only 19 years old. Uh, I've heard that. Have you? I've heard that. I've oh. heard that he's still only 19. Oh. You scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> I didn't oh mean my to do god! That. I apologize. It's like, uh, where did they trade him to? Uh, they, no, 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 no. They traded, they traded him for a bag of magic beans. <laughs> um, I really, really, for a second there, I thought, oh man, they can trade Knox. Wow, that's uh, of funny. all the scenarios that might transpire in the next several hours, I could rest. I could say with some confidence. Here's for Knicks fans. Now. Here's my one note of optimism. Yes. Like in in any other situation like this, when. The, the many people on many social media websites are going, ha-ha, look, you, you suck, Nicks. I may have written a few of those jokes myself in the last hour. Um, it happens. It happens. Uh, and, you know, the tabloid headlines are going to come pretty quick. Oh, yeah. It's going to be really funny when the fact that the Nets signed Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and the back pages of the New York Post and the Daily oh. News are, are, are focused on laughing at the Knicks and not actually celebrating what the Nets did. But – um, this would be the kind of thing where James Dolan would get extremely mad offline and force whatever, uh, uh, you know, uh, Vichy general manager he'd installed to start signing people left and right. And if they don't do that, it is a good sign for things moving forward. Can I, because, uh, yeah, no, just yeah. finish. I, I just, I want to, I have to ask you because you are. You are literally the only person in the world that I know of who is um, a Knicks fan um, mm-hmm. and intelligent and self-aware enough uh, <laughs> to be honest with yourself and also a member of the media. I don't think anybody else falls into all th- three of those categories. There are a lot of people like that. They're just usually not Knicks fans. People well, no, are no, that's <laughs> why. No, that's no. I no. I say specifically that is also yeah. a Knicks fan. I think right. you might be the only one. So what I'm going to ask you is this, and and I, I don't. It's, this doesn't have to turn into a whole a whole long thing, but I have to get your. I was thinking about this all day. What I was going to ask you, and this is the thing that I, I came up with because I had a feeling this was going to go this way. Um. The narratives obviously will be written that um, nothing good is ever going to happen for the Knicks as long as mm-hmm. James Dolan owns the team, and I'm I feel mm. the same way about his um, ridiculous childish stance um, on these press conferences as I'm sure you do. Um, it's silly and it's petty, um, mm-hmm. and, and hopefully it stops, and um, we we don't have to talk about that. But I'm I'm not I don't want to sit here and and defend him because why why would i do that i have a brain um uh-huh. but as you just said he has backed away and i think he has is remaining backed away and we have been told for a year or two now that the culture is improving and by all indications that is a true statement that the culture within the building and within the locker room uh-huh. is improving so as those narratives get out there that as long as he owns the team, this is what it's going to be, can I feel confident as a Knicks fan mm-hmm. to be like, you know what, I I can call bullshit on that. Not that I know it's going to get better for sure, because who the hell knows, but that it is a possibility. I think, I mean, when you talk about narratives, I mean, I think the statement, look, I think if someone, as a self, <laughs> by the way, I know at least two or three other off the top of my head, really smart reporters who are self-aware aware, and Knicks fans. I won't out them because I don't <laughs> want to publicly shame them. We don't have to do but, that. But, but I, I can promise you that they exist. Um, 
that said, uh, the question of narrative is, is, is easy. Look, the tabloids are going to do tabloid things, and that's fine. They've always done that. They did it when the Knicks were winning, too. Yeah, they did. You know, they, and it was fine, and it never, it never changed much of anything. Um, I think there is uh, a, a very strange hostility to, for a segment of Knicks fans toward, quote-unquote, the media, or at least, like, you know, some guys on the tabloids. Sure. And it's, it's, to me, it's, it's very odd. I may not be a fan of some things that the tabloids do, but I'm certainly a fan of other things that the tabloids do. But, you know, it's, it is a... And they're good reporters. They do their job. They're good reporters and they do their job. And and sometimes, like, tabloids report in a way that is... Annoying. (laughs) Annoying or or sensationalistic. But, like, a lot of the time it isn't. And it's, it's, uh, uh, I don't, I think it's, it's just, it's, as to, look, as to the central question of, like, can they win as long as James Dillon owns the team? Many people, I have, I have said that they can't. Um, granted, that was a time when he was constantly sort of Meddling. popping his head up, to, popping his, you know, making basketball decisions. Yeah. And, uh, and he, you know, he has continued to make. There are certain things about the way the team functions that are very much about James Dillon, like the thing you mentioned, the press yeah. conference. Yeah. If he wasn't, if he was truly not meddling, if he was just the guy signing the checks, the Daily News wouldn't have been banned. That's a good point. That's a good point. That was, you know, by all report, according to every bit of reporting that is out there, that decision came from James Dolan. Um, and there, and given his MO, there is no reason to think it was anyone else in the organization but him. Yeah, no, I don't think um, we have to doubt that. Yeah. So when you say he's not meddling, it's he's meddling a lot less that we can say definitively. That's fair. Um, my point is, this is something that I've written also and something I've said, you know, you, you yourself have had jobs. I'm sure. I, I, have, I have one right now. <laughs> yes. In, in many different types of fields and, and industries. And, and the thing that I've found is that whatever, whatever it is, it doesn't matter whether it's a pro sports team or an educational institution or uh, any kind of business, the personality of the company as a whole is directed from the person running things. That's not necessarily the person who owns the company, but I mean the person in charge of day-to-day operations, the person who is running things, their personality will filter down, one, to the kind of people that get hired beneath them, and two, the overall Joie de vivre of Oof. that organization. I did not think we were getting that one on the pod we tonight, getting, but here we are. We're getting fa- it's Sunday night fancy, boys. Hey, listen, it is what it is. The the persona, let's say, yeah. of the organization, this esprit de corps. Um, <clears throat> it's and and there is a certain degree to which, even when he is not actively saying, making uh, basketball decisions, that persona is reflected throughout the organization and it makes it it makes it difficult to one it makes it difficult to build a different a culture that is separate from him and and we see like you know the next season of the last year was relatively drama free and and everyone i think you and i and a lot of other fans saw that as a very good step that they yes. were just a normal bad basketball team chris Tapp's trade notwithstanding um 
there were two bits of drama last year. You know, the on the the three times that they decided to ban the Daily News, which you know, when journalists have a chance to grandstand about freedom of the press, you bet your bippy they're going to take advantage of that you, opportunity. Do, oh, do you think? <laughs> yeah, I do. I, 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 no, but as they should, it's fine. As they should, fine. as they should. As speaking as someone who who reports and, and writes words for a living. I can say it is both justified and, boy, there's a lot of chest thumping that goes on. It's okay, though. That's fine. Um, it, it was that. And then the other thing was when he, he banned the fan for life from the garden, who he said yeah. had been planted to go follow him and make him look bad. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, a normal organization, if, it, if, a, if an owner dealt with a fan who was heckling and it got on video – they would have figured out a way to be like, listen, let's mend fences. Come in. We'll give you – we'll let you hang out with Alan Hahn and, 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 and Wally Zerbiak for a day and all's forgiven, OK? There's a hundred ways to deal with There's it. There's a hundred ways yeah. to get it. The thing that – and I think we said this the last time we did the podcast. I said like, God, this was such an easy win for Dolan. Yeah. All he had to do was say, you know what? I got mad. I'm sorry. I want to make it up to you for being a loyal Nick fan. And then so, like the 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 – Quelling articles that would have been written about, look, James Dolan is learning. Can our James Dolan learn? They would have said, yes, our James Dolan is learning. And and they biffed it. So this is, again, this is a long-winded answer to perhaps a brief question, which is no, like, no, I don't I, know. I asked I don't, knowing this would be yeah. the, the type of answer. Yeah, I, I don't know that you can say that the meddling is over, for one, and then two, that does permeate down to the overall, the question of culture. None of this is a, a slight of Steve Perry or... Um, Sorry, Scott, Scott Perry, Perry, Steve Mills. None of this, the same no, this is a mean to slight the lead singer of Journey because nobody <laughs> can hit those notes. Nobody like you can. You try, you go to karaoke and you think you're going to do like, uh, um, you know, Wheels in the Sky and it never works, you know? And so Scott Perry, none of this is to slight Scott Perry or David Fizzale or anyone else within the Knicks front office. Steve Mills, I still have some slights for. But. By all um, accounts, seems like a nice man. I mean, you know, just maybe, you know, he is. He's, everyone uh, in the in- he, there is there is rarely an instance where you will see other people in the NBA speaking badly of Steve Mills, and they often speak quite well of him. Um, the, the, you know, so when it comes to these questions of can they build this culture, um, maybe. I guess is the answer. All right. I mean, we'll you know, it. like, look, you want <laughs> no, to talk about yeah. like meddling owners. The the Brooklyn Nets for years, their their owner was uh, a, a a copper oligarch who you know, um, who who has some very 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 questionable connections in 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 with uh, organized crime and in in the Soviet Union in the former Soviet Union, but you know, uh, he and. No one knows what degree he pushed Billy King to make that terrible trade, but there are differing reports on that. Once he got out and let uh, Marx do his thing, they got on the right track. And the Knicks don't have as far to go as the Nets do. Like the Nets, when in the aftermath of the great Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce debacle, were utterly screwed. 
and yet they figured it out. Yeah, the Knicks can figure it out. They oh no, I don't think I don't think out. anyone's yeah. saying that they can't make the right moves. I mean, that's I think that's what we're all in agreement of. Like, just be smart about yeah. this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, look, be smart. Look, I'm not a, a, a Julius Randle fan, but I, I've got a, a Twitter alert set up for Julius Randle, and I'm waiting to see if they sign him. It's just um, a matter of time. Uh, I'm, I'm anticipating. I, I, look, if, if Julius Randle is on a two year deal with a third year team option, Great. I'm fine Wonderful. with that. Yeah, it's yeah. all good. That's fine. If you know, if they bring in like uh, some savvy, you know, Wayne Nellington, Robin Lopez type vets, or you know, to sort of to teach the youths about you know how to how to walk and chew gum at the same time, that's that's all good and that's fine. Yeah. Literally, I guarantee you, there will be co- one year expiring contracts that some team in the luxury tax will want to get off. Call up Charlotte right now. Oh, they just spent sixty million dollars on scary Terry Rozier. Take. Uh, listen. I'm sorry. You, do not spend sixty million dollars on a stoolie. That is one of my that is one of my hard and fast rules no, of basketball management. Can we take Nicholas Batum off your hand for uh, an unprotected twenty twenty two double draft uh, first round pick? Uh, they want. I would want two for unprotected first for that. Death I knell would of a take, contract. If we're actually talking, if we're really seriously talking, I would take a protected first that different that does not convey into a second that absolutely you're getting a first but i would want the deal manufactured such that the second pick in addition to the pick that we will definitely be getting um is a 2022 unprotected for the double draft but we we digress anyway right or do that or just say like listen we'll take biz biombo and marvin williams off your hands for an unprotected for like a protected second just so you guys don't have to pay x million dollars in tax tax payments great Wonderful. Good move. Yeah, no, they could yeah. do those types of things. But like like you're saying, I think the point of what you're saying is that, you know, we as a fan base and this is, you know, it is what it is. We can't be 100 percent sure that despite the good basketball moves, um, you know, that culture will will get to the point where it needs to be to reach the pinnacle. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, mean, I know that's look, fair. It is what it is. Yeah, I think at, I think at this point we're still you know I think we may have mentioned this the last time we spoke like the Knicks have mastered, including the Porzingis trade. I would argue the don't do anything catastrophically stupid phase of rebuilding. Yes, they have. Yes, like we have not seen anything where you're like, what are you thinking? I mean, look by all accounts, Kristaps wanted out of New York, and as to why, I don't know if we'll ever get the, the full answer on that, and whether that was the Knicks' fault, whether Kristaps was still just two pistons things that Phil Jackson did whatever you know we don't know what that is but he clearly was like I am Audi 5000 you guys figure out the rest you can argue that the Knicks should have been able to make nicey nicey with him but maybe that wasn't possible I I think that's yeah that ship sailed but that ship has sailed in any case so they did that and they got a good return for a, a guy who hasn't played basketball in a year and a half. And, and by the way, and I just I have to say this again, a return that, given everything that was being said at the time, was absolutely the type of return that they should have wanted. With you know the the you know because everybody there in the media was saying Durant he wants to come, he needs a second person to come with him. So I you know look too many smart people said that was locked in for yeah. me to think it. They said they said Durant to the Knicks with greater certainty than they said LeBron to L.A. at 100%. the same time a year ago, and they certainly said it with more certainty than anyone ever said LeBron going back to Cleveland, which was kind of sort of being whispered about. Like I have never. Never heard that much. I've never seen that much smoke without there being an actual fire. And boy, am I interested to hear the story about how about what went wrong. That is going to be some fascinating reporting. I'm sure Baxter Holmes is 
embedded deep in 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 uh, Barclay Center right now, trying to figure that out. Oh yeah, no, it'll be there. But yeah. hey, listen, <laughs> it's all things we have to look forward to. It's fine. Everyone knows that Mitch Robinson is the next Bill Russell. I don't see why <laughs> anyone's worried right now. I've I, seen this. Thank you. Uh, I agree. Yeah, no, it's, look, it's it, fine. I, I am I'm totally fine to watch a competently run team and let the kids let the kids play. Let them cook. Let them bounce. It'll be fun. Yeah. Zero expectations for this year. It'll be fun. I agree. Um, let's get some, like you said, smart, savvy, good vets in here. We'll forget Kevin Durant. Um, who, I, who are you talking about? I've never heard of this person. <laughs> exactly. exactly. He's just he's just some yutz. As 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 Jesus Mero said on Twitter.com, he's a proper wanker, <laughs> and and I I don't think I spot the lie. Okay. Um. I'm going to call you Bob. Uh, call me Bob. Bob, uh, Mr. Silverman. Um, listen, you are. I, 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 I just. I let me say this because you have to. You are reporting on the stuff that uh, nobody else has the energy or, quite frankly, uh, cares enough to report on. Um, I said that last time. I will say it again. You are doing the yeoman's work that. Um, like, the reason why the media gets upset at the Dolan stuff is because we are supposed to respect media as an institution in this country. And the reason why we are supposed to respect media as an institution in this country is because of stories like the ones you write. And oh, man. That's, oh, that's so sweet. Thank no, but, you it, so no, much. but it, you, listen, I, fuck being humble. You, you're, you're, <laughs> no, you, you know it's true. And I just, just take the compliment and just be done with it. Thank you for doing what you do. Um, thank you for coming on uh, here and talking about this. And thank you for being a Knicks fan because, you know what, we're not going anywhere, baby. Um, it's <laughs> Did you see the reports about Spike Lee uh, like calling this out at a barbecue today? Like, I didn't Spike, actually. What did he Spike, do? Spike was like at a barbecue outside at some big public event. And so at around 5 o'clock – when the Woj tweet hit the hit, he's like at the microphone doing some kind of thing. And he's like, so Kevin Durant going to Brooklyn Nets. Oh my God. And then he's like, New York Knickerbockers forever. We're moving on. I love it. I love it. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, Which yeah. is, that's the attitude. We're moving on. No, we're moving on. We're Knicks fans, baby. We're the, we're the new Cubs. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, listen, because it's going to happen, though. It'll happen. This is the, this is the year. Uh, it'll happen. Things it'll happen. happen. Yeah. As, as every, no one can deny that things will happen, and it'll, and some of them will be it. So it will happen. It will happen. Um, All right. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. You're the man. Thank you, um, and I'm sure I will talk to you again soon. Be well. You too, man. Bye. Um, Mr. Jeffrey Ballone, uh, JB, Nick suspended from film school. Um, I'm half a bottle of wine deep. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is my fourth segment of this podcast. Uh, after a monologue had Futternick on, just had the, uh, incomparable, um, Robert Silverman on. And now to close us out, um, What's going on? Anything? Anything new? Anything? Uh, yeah. Anything? Anything happening around these neck of the woods, or what? I don't think that there is. Um, I heard something about a uh, what is it? Sign and trade with 
what's a little runt on Golden State? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Peter Vesey. But no, I mean, so yeah, it sounds like you've you've gone over it probably plenty. What are the stages already, of uh, but... What are the stages of grief? Uh, I know denial is the you. You have to get over the denial, right? Yeah. Well, it's funny because I think um, you know, as you knew, know, I just moved out of my house, so we're at my parents' house, and it's like kind of a crazy day because you know we're all on top of each other with my two daughters and my dad and my stepmom and everyone. And sure, yeah, it's kind of the worst place for this day to happen because it's like you know, I couldn't just like say, go up, you know, into my office or something and then kind of have all the news come in and process it. It's like, you know, I'm trying to find a place that's like quiet, you know, with my girls running around. And then my dad, who's not really a basketball fan is just asking like, you know, no, it's not his fault. He's trying to be interested, but like, you know how it is when like, there's oh something my, like yes. really important going on, but you're getting those questions that are like, uh, how do I politely explain this while it's also like the most devastating time in some ways? So, you know, that was interesting. But I guess to me, it's like, you know, I think we often like are jumping quickly because of the fact that we run the the, the social media accounts and the blog and obviously the podcast in terms of like, okay, how do we give kind of a level headed response? How do we react to the reaction and sometimes because of that, you lose sight of like, well, what what are just your reactions? Like if we weren't doing any of this, how do you feel as a fan? And I think there's no way around it. You have to be disappointed. And I think from what I've seen and talking to a few Knicks fans since it's happened, it's like, it's okay to feel disappointed. Say this sucks. Say the Nets beat us. All those things are okay while also not saying that this means it's an utter disaster, the worst moment in franchise history. It proves Dolan's, you know, curse the team forever. Maybe those things are true in some ways, the, you know, scenarios can unravel going forward. But the fact is, I guess what, what I'm saying is I think it's okay to say it sucks, but still have like some cautious optimism about just building the normal way. Like, you know, 26 other teams in the NBA have to do. First of all, um, you were in a crazy house today. I was in a situation um, where my daughter, um, like, the terrible twos seemed to have crystallized for her fully in the last literally like 36 hours. She's been <laughs> she's been an utter beast. And we had to go to Target because we ran out of some things. And we also had to go feed um, – my uh her her sister-in-law's or my sister-in-law's her sister's cats because they're on a cruise in alaska and the whole plan was to get back here for six o'clock um or like five forty-five, so i could be because i didn't think that the durant news was coming until then and so we're like all right let's go run the errands now and so like we were we were in line at target and there was a man that held us up in line because he was quarreling with the person at the register over the price of a bathing suit for his daughter and we st- stood there waiting for several minutes until we finally went to a different line. And like my wife is aggravated because my daughter is like losing her shit. And we go to- <laughs> and we go to the house. And if anybody watched the Periscope I did, um, can attest to this. My daughter is like going crazy, um, and it's. Um, oh wait, we got news. The yeah, I, okay. Let, can, you read it. You read it. And Knicks and owner Jim Dolan were not prepared to offer full max over injury concerns. And they're... 
League sources tell yeah. Ramona Shelburne and Woj, Knicks officials are in Los Angeles tonight meeting with free agents such as Julius Randle. Well, that does make things... Well, I'll tell you. You know what it is as a Knicks fan, really? Yeah. As I'm reading it, why I'm reading it, and then I'm pausing, because I'm like thinking, okay, what, what do I even want to say initially about this? To me, well, there's a couple things. One, there were a lot of, and I'll call it both sides of the aisle. So meaning we saw Stefan Bondi from the Daily News write that, you know, he thought there was a lot of risk of signing Durant. We saw Frank Isola tweet, I think about 25 minutes before the news came out, that whoever signs Durant, there is a lot of risk. There's also a lot of people on kind of, quote, smart Nick's Twitter, I'll, I'll say, who thought that there was a risk here. But to me, the problem is the second you attach James Dolan's name to that, the fact that they didn't sign him and now his name is attached to not offering a full max, it just creates chaos, you know, broadly about, you know, NBA people that as a Knicks fan, I think is going to now be very annoying. (sighs) I have some thoughts. Um, my first thought is that, that this, well, my initial thought when I read the tweet is, oh, this is damage control, um, because they didn't get him. But, 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 like you just said, Dolan's name is attached to it, and the fact that, so who attaches Dolan's name, well, first of all, who knew that they were not willing to offer him the full max? It has to be only people within the Knicks, or... Well, right, 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 or, no, no, that's not necessarily true, right, or... Or it could be Durant's camp. Yeah. So is this an effort by Durant's camp to dull the blow of him not signing with the Knicks? Because well, if, yeah, we, yeah. if yeah, no, if Durant leaks it, right? That I, you know, basically that Dolan didn't want to pay me the full max because of the Achilles injury, then nobody's mad at Durant anymore, then everybody's mad at Dolan. Right? No, right, because we talked about this with Kyrie Irving when it leaked out earlier this week that, you know, he might have some concerns with management ownership. And I think I even tweeted, like, well, that'd be brilliant PR to say that's the case because you kind of turn, you know, Knicks fans internal versus against um, against you. So I think, yeah, that that's the question. But I guess to me it just comes back to – like I said, there's the layers. There's just considering it from a basketball standpoint, and then there's considering it from like just a fan standpoint. But like from a basketball standpoint, like I said, I just to me that is a legitimate concern. I don't think you can say here's typical Dolan, but unfortunately, from like the fan slash social media aspect, that's how it's going to now kind of be perceived. So if you're saying is this damage control by the Knicks? You could argue it's not really good damage control because I think by attaching Dolan's name, it makes them look worse to people who aren't going to think of the nuance of it. Um, if it's Durant, then yeah, I think you know it, it sort of follows that logic. That um, and I guess now that I'm thinking about it, didn't 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 she also have the report on Kristaps Porzingis too, Ramona? Um, which one? When initially with the trade stuff, like it was, I think reported by Woj, like with her, 
And I guess what I'm getting at is like, are we seeing that there's been a couple times here where a major Knicks thing has happened and she's been, who rarely reports anything on the Knicks, she's kind of been there. Yeah. Um, you know, if you start kind of drawing a line there, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think you sum it up well and or frame it well in terms of, you know, that that's the question. Well, and, and let's just, let's be clear. Like, is it, is it irresponsible? Um, is it irresponsible of a team to want to see a player's medical records who just tore his Achilles um, before they sign him? I don't know the answer to that question because, well, on its face, you're like, well, no, the guy suffered one of the most devastating injuries a, a, a professional athlete could suffer. Of course, you want to see his medical records. On the other side of the coin, um, like I think Ian Begley actually just tweeted out, it wasn't a problem for the Nets. And if you trust that Kevin Durant is under the best the best medical care, um, why would you know why would that be a big deal? I guess the more interesting thing for me is we it does this get us back to the question that we have thankfully not had to engage with for the past several years, which is is Dolan meddling in basketball? Um, and I don't know the answer to that question because if he basically was like, I mean, if the story basically goes, which is uh, I'm guessing how it's going to be written now that, uh, Kevin Durant would have strongly considered the Knicks, except for the fact that they did not offer him a max contract because Dolan didn't want to offer him a max contract. Um, I mean, that's, 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 that's going to be ugly, right? I guess that's what I was getting at originally. Yeah. But I mean, I don't, I don't, I, so I look at it this way. The fact is we, I think agree most, I think most Knicks fans were in this similar boat. If you sat down and, and really brought, you know, broke down like his age, the history of players recovering from these injuries, it's a valid concern. It's about right, exactly. So, but the question is, you go through that because exercise. Dolan's so, name is attached to it. Well, not even that. It's just then, even if you're not Dolan, let's just say you're any owner. Is it enough those valid concerns to not offer a max contract to begin with, or do you say I've had those valid concerns? I went through the whole exercise. I did my risk assessment, but I still, no, given all that. It's just still such a once in a maybe franchise lifetime chance to get a player like this. We still have to sign them. To me, that's the question is how much do you let those concerns dictate your decision? It seems like most teams around the NBA were saying we're concerned, but still would do it. Well, the, here's the really interesting thing to me, right? And this is the part that, again, I still need to – we're literally just finding this out as we're recording this, um, which <laughs> it's, you can't write this shit. Um, I usually, usually, right, throughout the course of the 20 years that Dolan has, has owned this team, um, the, the knock on him has been that he interfered with basketball decisions to win the back page, right? Um, if the Knicks had signed Kevin Durant, they win the back page for literally the next, um, what's today? Today is, uh, tomorrow's July 1st, right? 
so they don't play another game. The next time they would play a game with Kevin Durant would be, you know, whatever, October 17th of 2020. They would literally have won the back page, right, for the next 13 or 14 months. So to me, this speaks to either there's something else going on here that Dolan didn't want Kevin Durant on the team, which just seems odd, or he was like, I want our people to be able to see his medical records, and and maybe KD's people were like, F you, um, you either, you know, you either sign him, you either have the chance to sign him or you don't, or like I said to begin with, this is covering your ass over the fact that the Knicks didn't sign him, but again, why would the Knicks, like if it came from the Knicks, it wouldn't make sense to attach Dolan's name to it, so though. I don't know. Something something doesn't add up to me. Yeah, I mean, see, the thing to me is, like, sometimes I get lost in the minutia of, or I should say in the caricature that has been created of Dolan. Meaning, like, are, are all these things that we're saying really true? Or do we sometimes even mix, like, what happened with, like, George Steinbrenner that with his kind of term over end of his term overlapping with the beginning of Dolan's and some bad decisions, it's like you didn't win the back page signing Jerome James. Like you didn't win the back, like to, you know, when the Knicks traded even for like aging guys like Steve Francis, like it was done out of like, you know, a cap, uh, you know, move at that time. Like they, they've tried to, I guess, go after big free agents and they've missed on them. So that has been true under Dolan. Yeah, no, like, I mean, I I'm think not, the, the Dolan buttons like, were not, like sh- the mellow stuff, yeah. Yeah, like to me, it's like the things that get Dolan, it's like A, they just haven't won. B, there's just been bad PR things. The whole thing with Oakley, banning fans, things like that. And then obviously the the bad contracts with like the Jerome James types. But it's like we haven't really ever been in this world really much other than, I guess, 2010, where they were actually like a team looking to get the best players and then didn't get them like others did. So I just don't know how, you know, again, how much I can say some of that stuff, some of this caricature stuff relates to this particular thing or not. And then the other thing I'll say, too, so, you know, before I forget is that. It is interesting to me that obviously what's going to be told is, okay, it's about probably James Dolan and it's about the Knicks last year tanking when in 17 games, the Nets won 42 games. And the reaction, it seems kind of across the board is a lot of people kind of laughing at the Knicks because all the reports indicated they were going to get these guys and then they didn't. But I mean, is the big story that like the fact we're this late in a podcast and we're not talking about it, obviously we're a Knicks podcast, but Kevin Durant just left what, $57 million of guaranteed money Yeah, and a dynasty. I know they didn't win last year, but you know, we know why they probably didn't win with injuries. Kyrie Irving left a, a, a Boston Celtic team that was on the verge of becoming a very competitive team for years to come. I mean, these guys didn't leave bad teams and say, well, I'm going to a team that won 42 games. Like, I guess what I'm saying is like, it's just, it's interesting to me, like how the different relativity of, if you were in the New York market, it's going to be, you had to pick one team that's kind of quote more stable and one more games. But if you kind of zoom yourself back out, you say, we just had two guys pass up more money 
to sign with a worse team. That is true. That is what just happened. Yeah. No, no, it, it is. I, uh, gosh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this thing, um, and I don't know. I don't know that I fully can. And I guess the it's this is like the twilight zone because if if this were if this were a different situation and it was the Knicks because just think about on its face what were the Knicks just trying to do right the Knicks were just trying to do pay a guy who's not going to play basketball for a year and then is going to go through another year where he's going to be diminished, right? And then at the next at the point where he's done with that next year where he's recovered and and, and fully back, right? He's going to be 33 years old and have been playing in the the league for what by that point it will be year 15 or 14 for Durant. Uh something one yeah, something like that. One yeah. of those two. Oh, I think it's my cue to stop talking about James Dolan. A couple more minutes, a couple more minutes. We're talking about the fact that potentially, potentially, the Knicks had a legitimate concern about handing over $160 million to that player. Now, I say this as someone who wanted very much for them to hand over $160 million to that player. And I think you did too, right? You were for yes. the, You were for the move. Yeah, no, at the end of the day, like I said, I would have weighed all those concerns, but I I just think it's you do it. too... You do, you it. do it. No, you, you just do, do it. it. So we're talking about a situation where apparently, if this reporting is to be believed on its face, the owner of the team said, I don't feel comfortable handing all of that money to this person who for two years is going to... For one year is not going to play and another year is going to be diminished. And then he's going to be 33 years old. And he's not bringing anyone with him. So we're going to hope that whatever we could sign around him, right, is going to be good enough to make us competitive two years from now, or, you know, a year from now or two years from now. In There is a world where there all of the past stuff involving Dolan, like, doesn't exist. There is a world where, like, we see that news, right? And we're like... Wow, that's that sounds pretty smart. That sounds cautious. That sounds like the owner of a team in a major market saying, wait a minute, you guys have just been telling me for a year that we're a place that players want to come play, um, and we're building something real and legitimate and the whole thing here. Why are we blindly, like handing over all this money to to this to this person like there is a story that would be written in that alternate universe where it's like applause james dolan owner of the new york knicks for not needing to win the back page and instead stepping in but it goes without saying that that story is not going to be written and i'm not saying it should be written but it's i i that's what i'm trying to wrap my head around and i yeah, uh, that's that's where I'm at. And I just saw you tweeted something 
um, while I was going on this little rant. And I'm, I'm literally, as I am asking you about what you just tweeted, I have my laptop open in front of me, and I am going to look at what you tweeted. So I'm going to read your tweet. We saw people from both sides of the aisle express concerns about signing Durant to the max. So if James Dolan had those reservations, it's valid. Okay. I thought you were tweeting news for a oh, second, but you're tweeting. No, no, no. It wasn't news. It was just that you're I wanted to get something. But it's because if for uh, obviously everyone listening, what I put in the tweet is we have Swinney Poo from Posting and Toasting, why the Knicks should not sign Kevin Durant yeah, that he wrote yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And we got Frank Isola writing, Kevin Durant recovered from a ruptured Achilles is expected to miss all of next season. When he plays his next game, he'll be 32. Still say it's a risk for Warriors, Knicks, Nets, and Clippers. Big money, a lot of waiting, and lots of hoping. So to me, that is, like I said, both, you know, Two sides in terms of people who are, I'd, I'd say, uh, more supportive of uh, this current regime than others with those same concerns. But, you know, so it's not I guess I'm just getting at the concerns part is not the thing that people should be upset about. And, and somehow I, this is what happens when you have, a, as you know, little ones, you learn to multitask and listen while you do something else. So I was tweeting, but listening to your point. And the point is true. Like there, there can be an argument here that here's an owner that everyone in the world, like the pressure was, you have to sign this guy. Like you have to. And the, and if it's true, which I kind of don't think it is that there's that was the difference. There's something else. Right. Like I think it might there. not have mattered at all, but let's just say it did. It's possible. It is possible that, you know, Dolan had the fortitude to take a extremely controversial and unpopular move to, you know, and it probably wasn't just Dolan, by the way, it did say in the tweet and the Knicks organization, but they might have done that. We might find out in three years that lucky they did. We might find that out. Like and... that, there's, could find that out. And on that note, and this, and this really, this is the culmination of the podcast, uh, right? Hold here, on, folks. No. Julius Randle has agreed yes, to a sixty-three million dollar deal. All right, so what do we have Julius Randle for? We have him for three years, sixty-three million dollars. Um, CAA agents Aaron Mintz and Steve Human, 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 tell ESPN. Well, there's your bet. You better be yeah. right. I wanted two years, forty million. It's funny that was my prediction. I, was I wanted two years. I would if if it was two years, forty million. I would have been absolutely one hundred percent okay with it. And instead, it's three years, sixty three million. So essentially, twenty one million dollars a year. Same dollars in extra year. Um, no word yet on if there is a player option or a team option in the third year. Um, I. You know, and this is another one of those things that's that's interesting to me. Th- See, this is the podcast that I thought about doing for tonight where I was like, hey, let's go live at six and like do this as stuff comes in. And instead, the first hour is essentially commiseration. And now all of the stuff is coming in with you on the air, which is a sign that like, you know, this is what it was meant to be. Anyway, um, I there was a lot of narrative, right? Um, heading into today about 
Why are you going after one and two year deals? Why don't you actually try to build something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually the one pushing back against that narrative because I'm like, be opportunistic, one year deals, two year deals. Um, and Ian Bagley just confirmed the report. Still no word on if there's an option. Um, anyway, uh, I've been the one that's been against that. And, and the reason I've been against that is partially because I think you could do just fine signing players to one and two year deals because they still become trade chips. You could still build, you know, something, a culture, whatever you want to say it. Um, and there was another part of me that was like, you know what? I just don't know yet if I 100% trust them to make the right decisions on the players that they give more than two-year deals for because it's easy to give Kawhi Leonard four years. And it's easy, theoretically, to give a healthy Julius Randle. Um, uh, you know, or, sorry, um, KD, four years. Or, you know, Kyrie, if he wants to come and play with KD. Right, right. There's no real decision There's no decision there, Even though we just, went, we just went, yeah, a healthy yeah, no, KD. But, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But... To, to give anybody under that level, basically more than one or two years, you're taking a risk because you don't know how it's going to turn out. And if it turns out badly, well, then you're not like, all right, we only, you know, we only have to stomach this for another six months or we only have to stomach this for another year and six months. It's like, no, you got to live with it. And I'm happy it wasn't four years. I think maybe three years is the sweet spot. But again... The first thing I said, my gut reaction, my instantaneous reaction when I just read this was, well, you better be right. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, the thing is, when they had Perzingis, I liked the idea of Randall, funny enough, back then. And Zach Lowe um, just tweeted out, how many times, Jones on the NBA, did we talk about how Randall would make a nice front court pairing with Kristaps Porzingis? Oh, really? That's funny. <laughs> which is actually kind of funny because, you know, um, the whole reason he said that, obviously, is because Kristaps could shoot the three. Um, you know, if by some miracle either Julius Randall or Mitchell Robinson can extend their range to the three-point line in a, in a, in a real way, um, I think I, I would be much more optimistic about this. But again, say what were you going to say? Yeah, so I guess what I'm going to say is I think a lot of people, it's like, oh, well, but now it's different next to Mitchell Robinson. The problem I have with that is I'm just not sure yet. Like Mitchell Robinson is so raw. I can't say yet what he even really is. Like we know he's going to be a prolific shot blocker. We know that, you know, he has work to do to extend his game from beyond literally like at the rim. But we also know that he, you know, we've seen him. I know this really means nothing in some like workout video or an empty gym, but we've seen him trying to, you know, work on his jump shot, even work on three pointers. I mean, he's so young and raw. We don't know what he's going to become. So it's hard for me to say right now today, you know, how is Julius Randle going to fit next to say Mitchell Robinson two years from now when he's in the middle of that contract. And I think that's the tough part, you know, to evaluate, but you know, you can make the argument that, um, you know, just quickly, I guess doing just instant uh, reaction is I like 
we read that piece by Coach Thorpe that was kind of harsh on the Knicks and Kevin Knox. And yeah, the yeah. point he raised a lot is, you know, Knox is in a better position when he's kind of like attacking the rim, like off the ball, et cetera. I think with Randall, he gives you someone in the offense who's not just like a guard where you're running you know, pick and rolls all the time that you're saying, okay, he can kind of play some bully ball. He can set you up in other ways, I guess is what I'm getting at, which might be good uh, for some of the players, you know, around him. I'm not, I'm not worried at all about the defense or sorry. I'm not worried at all about the offense because I think actually there's a lot of creative stuff that Fisdale did last year, even though it it looked like a, a shit show because um, of who was running the offense, like with the high screens and stuff like that, where, you know, if, if Randall could take, just get another couple percentage points up on his three point shooting, um, he could be a real weapon. And I, I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not terribly worried about the offense. Like, like they need to find a way to get a little bit more shooting, but in terms of like an offensive front court pairing of Randall and Mitchell Robinson, I'm not, and as long as they convince Randall, like you have to pass the ball, which we know he can pass the ball, by the way. Right. Um, right. You know, he has that ability. Like, I'm not that worried. It's on defense. And can I, I, I have to pull back the curtain a little bit. So our own Spencer Perlman in our, in our Twitter, in our Slack, um, upon the um, Randall news being released, I, I hope he doesn't mind that I uh, blow up his spot here, but I'm going to do it anyway. So again, Spencer just spent um, a few months working for an NBA team. So this is not, this is someone who knows what he's doing and he, he watches a lot of film. Um, uh, unless the Knicks have a switching defense, Randall is effectively as bad as Cantor on defense, <laughs> except instead of sucking at rim production full time, which he is not good at, he sucks on the perimeter too. Uh, doesn't try or have the IQ. He really doesn't care. And his rotations are crap. Uh, he looked a lot better two years ago in L.A. because of the switching they did. Um, but if they're not switching, he's useless. So that's actually a good, uh, you know, despite the fact that that's a lot of negativity there. Um, uh, if they do, that's where I'm worried. I'm worried about defense. Um, and Yeah, just, no, and that, that's, that's it. You know, that's yeah. it. And especially because the guys around him, other than Mitchell Robinson, um have to prove so too right you know like Knox has to prove he's a defender we don't know yet RJ Barrett just coming into the league you know Dennis Smith Jr. Um, and can I say just one more thing on the on the defense this to me and this is you want to talk about really fully into the twilight zone this to me is a bet they are betting on themselves and their culture and here's what I mean by that right Julius Randle did not care about defense last year. He kind of cared about defense before that, like his last year in L.A. Didn't care about it last year at all. This is a bet that, like, you didn't need to overspend on a Thad Young or uh, I'm trying to think of another power forward, like a Taj Gibson. Like, who? W- like this is a bet that, like, yeah, we're going to get the talented guy that has the ability to play defense, and we're going to turn him into a defender. So, like, again, I'll say it for a third time. You better be right. Like, you better hope that your bet pays off and that you are the team that you are with this signing professing that you are. The guy, the team that could take in the talented player and turn him into what made him the seventh pick in the draft. So. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And and I guess it's the whole 
sort of piss or get off the pot concept too, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. well, at the end of the day, if you say to yourself, I'm only going to sign three players that play in the league to a max contract, and then otherwise I want to save all my cap space, well, you kind of get to the point where it's like, well, no, what, like, and then the rest of your guys are all 18, 19 years old, then yeah, you can't, you, the fact he's 24, I think it's really the big thing. It's a guy who, yeah, you better be right, but it's also, you at least have a chance to be right. And I think that's probably the point that Knicks fans will, who seemed okay when I was asking people earlier if they signed Randall, maybe not three years, but the point was they at least have a chance. This isn't one of these signings where it's a guy who's already past his prime, who is just like a, you know, a big name or who is coming off a career year that, you know, they'll never match. There is a chance he could be on the up. And I think that's the promising side of this. Or, or for that matter, it's not, you're not paying you're not paying for production that hasn't happened yet. The, t- the Tim Hardaway Jr. contract was such a was such a bad gamble because if he hit the absolute hundredth or maybe ninety fifth percentile of what he could become based on the signs that he showed over like that last year in Atlanta, then he's worth the money. Julius Randle, based on the stats that he put up last year, and I when I wrote the the Randle part for our newsletter a few, I think it was like uh, June eighteenth, I quoted a stat that had him, and it wasn't some like crazy concoction of stats. It was like based on like a usage percentage, a usage rate, and like a true shooting, and maybe like points scored. There's like nine guys last year who put up his numbers, and the other eight were all all stars, um, and like you know first bad Hall of Famer type players, and then there was Randall. So it's like you're betting – like it's not – there's not – it's not like there isn't anything there to bet on. But again, boy, you better hope that once he's in your program and, – and the Knicks keep telling us they have a program and I hope they're right. Um, you better hope that he turns it around in the areas that don't show up on the stat sheet but that damn well win games. Um, boy, okay. Well – here we go, right? <laughs> That's right. We're off. Um, all right. Yeah, so it's good. I, I guess I better get to, uh, you know, updating the cap table and and all that fun stuff. But, uh, I, you know, the fact is they're going to have, what, like 50 million, something around that left to spend so it's still a lot of a lot of cap space there even with even with this signing and that you know i guess that's the last point i tweeted out earlier today in 2021 22 so that's you know three years down the road or um oh! yeah, three years down the road wait yes the yeah, new york option. knicks were smart the third we year got we got it is a team option you know what delore Get the babysitter. <laughs> We're going out. We're partying now. We're partying. My, uh, by the way, I'm going to go downstairs. And if my wife, because I, I told her uh, at it's 749 right now. I told her at 545 that I was going to go upstairs and record a quick segment to open the podcast. It's now over two hours later. If my wife isn't downstairs... With the here's Johnny with the with the fucking the the kitchen shears, I, wish, I will be, I will be utterly shocked. No, um, no, that's why we're really gonna we're gonna cut it off now. But the yes, well, at least we're cutting off on a good on a positive note. 
Team we, action! As, as it ended, there were so many different updates that we could have ended this on, and some better than others. This is a good one to end it on. <laughs> this is this is what it's come to. This is what it's come to. I am ready to celebrate a fucking team option for Julius Randle. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, what did I do to deserve this? <laughs> oh. All right. All right. I gotta start crunching some uh, some numbers. And I'm gonna here. go uh, write words ostensibly um, about things. Uh, if my wife doesn't kill me um, tonight, I will have uh, something for the newsletter tomorrow. By the way, if you're someone that has made it to this point of the podcast, which I think I ha- I need to add up all the minute totals, but I think this is going to be close to around the two hour mark of this podcast. Um, gold star for you, man. Uh, send me your address. I'll mail you a, uh, I don't know, a cookie gram or something. Do they have cookie grams? We'll, we'll, we'll see. Anyway. <laughs> Two hours. No, that's got to be a record. Oh, yeah. Right, easily. Friend. Easily. All right. We're done. We're done. Uh, subscribe to the newsletter. Um, uh, anything else we forgot? No, I think we're good. All right. JB, you're the man. Um, I will talk to you tomorrow. All right, cool. Adios. Adios.